0: All right, hello, and welcome to the Grappling with Fatherhood podcast, episode one, a podcast where we talk about the lessons learned in fatherhood, jujitsu, and where they sometimes converge. My name is Blake. I am a brown belt in jujitsu and a, uh, a white belt in fatherhood with a, uh, a young, two young ones. And uh, my co-host is
1: Uday Maholtra, and I am a black belt in jujitsu. <laughs> A uh, father of two little girls, two daughters, age seven and three. Um, also a white belt in fatherhood, just trying to figure this thing out like most of us are as we go and uh, do the best I can to raise two amazing, strong young women.
0: Awesome, man. Um, yeah, uh, I think it's important for us to just kind of get started by talking about why we started this podcast and like where it came from and kind of what our intentions are because this is our first episode. So yeah, um, I mean, we were sitting on the mats uh, and I, from my recollection, Uday turned to me and, and you said, you know, I would love to start a podcast about yeah. two dads talking about grappling and fatherhood. And um, at the time, I had been receiving um, a lot of direct messages and questions from people. Um, I had just kind of started my This Week in Fatherhood series and uh, and people seemed really hungry for this uh, information. And I was just super opportunistic because I had a dad and a, a black belt who was, you know, by all accounts, uh, smarter, and more put together than I was asking me to join in on this project. So that's why I'm here. Uday.
1: Well, I'll say this, I'll add to that and say, you know, every time Blake and I roll, um, whether it's at the gym, my house, every time, a good 15 to 20 minutes afterwards, we're talking about this stuff anyway. And so it felt very organic and natural, like, you know, hey, man, we've got some decent insights. Let's see. Maybe let's share this with other people and um, maybe pick up tips from them, too, as we go along the way. Right. So um, it felt like a very organic fit to just do this in a, in a more public setting.
0: Yeah, man. Um, I, I second that. So, you know, it wasn't it's too long in this section, but I just want people to kind of uh, quickly understand how they can like digest this, particularly if they're parents and they're on a time crunch and they're, they've they got a, an earbud in while they're like, you know, making bottles and doing laundry and stuff. Um, the podcast is, is going to be broken down into a few sections. Uh, we start off by talking about this week in fatherhood, uh, for Uday and myself. Then we talk about this week in training, uh, what we learned in jujitsu. Um, and then we talk, you know, uh, about snacks and pop culture towards the back end. And at the end we wrap up by kind of summarizing the lessons that we learned this week. So if you're a parent, um, in the edits, I'm going to try and leave time stamps so that you can skip to the sections that might be relevant to you. If you don't have too much time to sort through this. Um, but yeah, man, with that said, I think let's let's kick it off with uh this week in fatherhood, Uday. Tell me, tell me about your week, man.
1: Yeah, man. You know, um, it's that time of year. Summer school has started, right? The kids are out of school. And um, you know, last week, my older daughter, Malena, who's seven, um, she had a little bit of an incident in school. And I was surprised to get a phone call from the teacher and um <clears throat> excuse me, i was surprised to get a phone call from the teacher because that, that's the first time that's happened. And when it showed up on the caller ID, I was like, what is this, right? And um, my first instinct was like, is everything okay, right? And so um, thankfully, that's how she started the conversation. Everything's fine. I just wanted to kind of share with you an incident that happened today. And um, what had happened is as they were kind of packing up their stuff, Milena stepped on another kid's bag and just like out of mean spirit and spite, and i was like what <laughs> why would my kid do that right like that's not very that's not like her at all and so um you know when we got the call we thanked the teacher of course for letting us know um we were both stunned because nothing like this has ever happened at school that we know of or at home and so um we kind of chatted about how how do we how do we deal with this right like what's that conversation look like and so when we picked her from school, we gave her an opportunity to talk to us about it first. We didn't we didn't bring it up. We just asked her kind of normally, how was your day at school? And she actually brought it up to us without us kind of nudging her at all. She brought it up to us. She brought this information to us. And I was really happy with that. And kind of what we did um, to to talk her through this was, you know, look, you know, that's, that's not a really cool thing to do. You're friends with this boy, right? You're, you're friends with him. And How do you think that made him feel? Right. And so she immediately, her, her knee jerk reaction when she was approached about this by her teacher was she felt incredibly bad really quickly. And she, she started to cry and, um, cause she realized what she'd done was wrong. And so she told us that too, right? Like, man, I feel really bad about it. I don't know why I did it. Um, I don't know what came over me and that's very natural, right? To have those emotions. And have do something and not know why you did it, especially when you're seven. Right. And so um we talked to her about it and said, look, how do you think what do you think your punishment should be? Right. Like, do you do you think there should be a punishment? Do you think we should do something? And her reaction was like, no TV for two weeks. I'm like, all right, let's go with that. Right. Like that. that's that's pretty bold, Milena. This is summertime. You know, you're not going to be at school. So two weeks with no TV. If that's what you think is fair, then we'll do that, right? And so we gave her an opportunity to talk to us about it, um, and and we're really proud of her for bringing it to our attention. We're really proud of her for kind of coming to that on her own, right? And and recognizing that what she did wasn't cool. And like I said, the, the lesson that we shared with her is like, you know, do you want to be that person that like smashes other people's stuff? That people are like, oh man, Malena's here. Like, oh god, here's what's going to happen, right? Or do you want to be that person that's like. Hey, Milena's here. This is great. Hey, Melana, come hang out, right? Like, which one do you want to be? And and so, you know, we kind of move past like I feel really bad about this to taking the lesson. Like, how do we learn from it? Because the reality is, as adults, we all do something. We look back and like, oh, that was a mistake. I shouldn't have done that, right? And and it's it's how do we learn from that and how do we move past that, right? And and that's that's really where the value in those those mistakes. We can find the value in those mistakes, right? So yeah, um, man.
0: Um... Yeah. I don't want to cut you off, but just two things there that really struck a chord with me is the first is that you've created a situation in which Milena feels comfortable talking to you about that stuff, right? And that to me is like, that's really cool, man. Like, it's really cool that she doesn't have to be afraid to come to to you for fear of consequence um, to talk about something that happened at school. And that's something that I, I aspire, an environment that I aspire to kind of create, um, I think it's very easy as a parent, especially right now on the stage that I'm in, because uh, it's it's so hand to hand combat, to um, immediately be really react like reactionary when something goes wrong or something doesn't go go the right way, and 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 that doesn't create an environment in which I think the kid feels comfortable, um, and 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 the all of this is to say that like that environment is what allowed you to turn this into a lesson versus, you know, what made this a, just a big mess or a a black spot. Like that's what made this able to be like a a positive thing, I think is that you created that environment. And the second thing that I want to talk about is, um, Owen does something very similar when he knows he did something wrong. Um, and he, uh, he gets like emotional. And I think it's like, because he, uh, he gets embarrassed. Um, I mean, he's again, uh, so people who don't know, my oldest is three. Um, and my youngest is, uh, like four months now. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's just interesting that kids have that reaction. And then when I do something wrong, like I also feel that same sort of, I feel embarrassed, you know, uh, it's just interesting that that's like a universal feeling.
1: Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I was just gonna say, absolutely. And, and, um, You know, like it's, it's like I said, it's about the learning, right? Like when we, when we as adults, we mess up, right? Like, fine. It happens. We're human. How do we learn from it? And that's what I'm really proud of her for being able to find a way to take away from that. Right.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah. So like, you know, in in my week um, I think similarly, like something that we've been struggling with here is, uh, is screen time a lot. And I think that's something that a lot of folks can relate to Um, it the thing with screen time is i feel like it's uh and it's interesting that like milena chose 2 weeks off of tv as her as her punishment um because uh owen is is so young that he you know i think it's hard to understand what things are are real and what things aren't real and when there is just like an such an exposure to what's happening on a screen particularly like you know stuff that's just sort of like brain candy or not brain candy stuff. That's like trash, like the, the equivalent of eating candy, but for your mind and for your brain, I think it, it's like, totally. We, we made this analogy before, but I think it's like you're borrowing time. So you're just saying like, all right, I'm going to give you this. And it's literally, it feels like pushing down a button when you're playing a video game. Um, And then when you release that button, it like, you know, the, the power explodes or whatever it is, you know, your character jumps like crazy um, or like, you know, releases some big bomb and that's how it feels with the screen it's like i'm handing him this thing and it's like putting a pushing the button down and then when i take it off it's like oh shit like all that stuff is still going on there and it's it's like yeah and so because of that like i've been really trying to like not say no to screens entirely but a like use them in a way that's thoughtful so like sitting down with him and watching something if we're gonna watch something and like talking to him about it and engaging with him and the second is like not having screens on mindlessly in the background which is hard um so you know trying to be like hey this is a special time that we do this and look at this thing and when we're playing with your train set that's a special time and when we're you know when we're uh running around outside, racing the skateboard up and down the driveway, that's a special time. And, you know, the phone isn't going to be playing in the background and we're not going to be looking at it every two minutes. Um, yeah. So being sort of deliberate about it.
1: Yeah. And, and I'll offer you this too, man. I mean, look, give yourself some grace, right? Like sometimes they need, they need that, right? Like sometimes they need the screen time. And sometimes it just makes your life a little bit easier and allow yourself that, right? Like you're, you're totally right. They, they, we do our best to limit screen time too. And we've also kind of come to the conclusion that like, it's impossible, right? It's just what's going on in society, right? We people, we have it, they see us use it, they see other people use it. And so it's just, it's just where we are, right? So give yourself a little grace. I, if I may offer you one tip that seemed to work for us, um, we, when it's time to turn off the TV or turn off the tablet, we give them a little countdown, like, Hey guys, two more minutes and we're going to turn off the TV, right? We're going to turn off the tablet in two minutes and allow them that power to turn it off versus you doing it for them. And, and Malena and she have really done a good job of, um, okay, two minutes. He gave me the warning, two minutes. All right, guys, it's one minute to go. All right, guys, 10 seconds. All right, guys, TV off now. Right. And then they do it. Right. So maybe, maybe give that a shot. That might help. Dude,
0: that's, that's a sick tip. Uh, I will one, thank you for that. And, uh, yes. And, one thing that we do with Owen is, um, this is awesome, use a timer on, a, on your phone. Yeah. So it, it gives, it's cool because it gives him agency. So he, I ask him, hey, buddy, you know, you want me to set a timer? And he'll be like, yeah. And then he gets to hit a button and then start the timer. Mm-hmm. And he feels like he is kind of the master of his own destiny in that. Or he's like, at least a totally. participant in his own destiny. And like, that's awesome. Like leaving the park or like getting out of the bathtub it's like you know hey bud it's time to go and he's like can we set a timer and he feels like i bought a few more minutes and also like i'm in control of the situation which i think is helpful like I, i have a good friend who told me that even even the things that we think are fun like even going to get acai or like you know, yeah. going to the park, like for them, it's a change of environment, there's a bunch of steps that need to happen. And it's, a, it's, it's a fun thing. But it's a source of anxiety, too, right? It's a lot of stuff changing. And um, they don't necessarily feel in control. And it can be hectic. So the things that you can do to help empower them or make them feel like they're part of the process versus just being like, hey, man, we got to get your shoes on like, hey, bud, can you go get yeah. your shoes? You know, like, they feel like they're part of the totally. process.
1: I love that. That, that intentional language you're using, go get your shoes on versus, hey, can you put your shoes on, right? Like that using that intentional language with them is so important. And it seems so mundane, right? And it's so easy to not like think about it. But the fact that you're actively thinking about it, it makes a huge difference, you know? And, and just the way they perceive the situation, the way they perceive their own kind of self-confidence. I think that's, that's, that's great, Blake.
0: Yeah, man. Um, thank you. And um, the... Around that, I think we've talked about this before on the mats, and I think it's, it bears mm-hmm. repeating in this, in this instance, because I think it's relevant to kind of um, uh, everything that uh, we're talking about here. And that is, um, the at, at Owen's stage, um, and is probably, it's developmentally way beyond this, um, the outcome of whatever my behavior is going to be is going to be the same, right? So like, if I'm mad at Owen because he made a mess and I need to clean up the mess, totally. right? Like, if I react really big, um, or if I am playful, the mess is going to end up getting cleaned up either way. And the difference is that in one way, Owen's going to feel really bad, and it's going to be a a really frustrating event to get through. Or the other way is it's just another opportunity to have a playful thing. And it's not even going to be a blip in his memory, and we can move on. And like, with your example with milena is great like that that was an opportunity where like you needed to have pause and you needed to have a moment for a lesson you know not everything needs to be like that and i think that like i was saying like i just think it's like a matter of like my reaction dictates a lot of the severity totally. of the situation versus how how serious is it that we you know spilled some paint on like literally spilled some paint or some some, right. some
1: milk yeah right and you know that that's that's so important in building trust with them too, right? Like letting them know, like, oh man, you spill a little paint. it's all right, don't worry about it, right? Like then they don't feel so bad about talking to you about the things that really do matter, right? And yeah. so um, it's such an important trust building exercise and, and yeah.
0: Awesome, man. Uh, you wanna talk yeah. about jujitsu? Let's dive in.
1: Let's dive <laughs> in some training talk. Oh, sweet in dude? training. Man, you know, I, I I wanna talk about something that happened. A couple weeks ago, actually. Okay. And, um, I mean, this, this week in training has been great. It's Thursday today while we're recording this, and my body is feeling like it needs a day off, and so I might do that. Um, but, <clears throat> you know, I want to talk about an incident that happened recently when training. Um, I was training with a, uh, one of my favorite training partners. He's also a black belt. And, um, you know, there's an incident where we're rolling, we're going pretty hard, and I inadvertently hit him in the head with my knee. And in the time... Neither of us kind of really thought anything of it, right? He was kind of like, ah, man, this sucks. And um, I'm a little hurt. Let me sit out the rest of the round. Okay. And um, I saw him. I didn't see him for, again for a couple of weeks. And I was like, yo, you, you okay? And he told me that the knee actually was a lot worse than I realized. To the extent, I don't want to get into the details, but to the extent where as he was explaining to me what happened, I thought he was joking. And I was, you know, I was... Really, really bummed about this. The reason I was bummed is because A, I never ever want to hurt anyone when I'm training, right? Which sounds kind of if you're kind of new to jujitsu, it sounds kind of weird. Like what? You're actively trying to strangle or choke somebody or or break their arm, right? Yes. And I also don't want to hurt them, right? It's 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 the gentle art, right? It's called that for a reason. I don't want to spaz. I don't want to hurt somebody. And as a black belt, I've been doing this. And I've been grappling for 29 years. I'm 40 now, I started around when I was 11, and um, and I, I just feel awful when I hurt somebody inadvertently. And I mean this is I lost, I lost some sleep over this. And the reason is is, you know, look, it was an accident, 100 percent an accident. I would never do anything like that maliciously. So you know, it's an accident, it's not necessarily my fault, and it is my responsibility right and it's it's my responsibility to keep my partners safe keep my partners comfortable and keep them feeling like they're getting challenging training with me that's my responsibility it may not be my fault that he got hurt but it is absolutely my responsibility to keep my partners safe and and the reason i want to talk about that today is because i find a lot of parallels with that in real life right i find a lot of parallels between not my fault and my responsibility and those two things oftentimes you know th- those two parallels often get conflated, in 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 the world, right? Like, it's not my fault. I'm 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 wiping my hands of this, right? Okay, it might not be your fault, but it's your responsibility, right? If if Malena did something in school, right? She stepped on a kid's backpack or whatever. I couldn't be there. I can't. It's not my fault. I can't be there to stop her from doing that. But it's 100% my responsibility as her father to teach her what's right and what's wrong, right? If I get laid off from my job, it's not my fault that a company decided, like, hey, your role is no longer needed here. This, priorities have shifted, but it's my responsibility to continue to try and find ways of supporting my family, making sure that I'm doing my job to find new work, right? So it, it's, there's a big difference between not my fault, but it is my responsibility and it is my responsibility, right? And so, um, you know, I, I thankfully, my, my friend and training partner who got uh, kicked in the head by me um, was very forgiving about it. And, you know, we moved past it and are training again together and he's, he's healthy, he's fine. Um, But, you know, it's something I take very seriously, making sure that whoever I train with has a safe partner. And, um, and it's, it's, look, it's, it's a learning every day, just like we just talked about, right? Like, you mess up, you have to learn from it, right? And and this is someone with almost 30 years of grappling experience. If it can happen to me, it can happen to someone, anybody, right? Like five years experience, 25 years experience, 35 years experience, whatever the case might be. And we need to continue to be actively thinking about those things, right? Keeping our partners safe. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with training. What are your thoughts, Blake?
0: Um, yeah, man. So I've been on, you know, I think the interesting thing about that is if you've been grappling for, as long as I have, or wow, like as long as you have, um, is that you'll be, have the experience to be on both sides of that, you know? Yeah. And, uh, being on both sides of that, like I, I, well, I, I hate being injured and I hate being out. I also know, I feel terrible when my training partner has that guilt of doing this to me you know, we, we go into this situation knowing that like, this is a potential of something that could happen. And, um, when I get hurt, I, you know, 99 times out of a hundred, I'm not rolling with like a psychopath and I know that they have empathy and I know that they feel terrible for having that happen. Um, and, you know, I think particularly the person, cause I know the person that you were rolling with, I mean, that, that guy is really deep in the game and, um, he but he's also a person who you know he relies on his body to make a living so it sounds uh like something it isn't um (laughs) he's a he's he's a (laughs) professional athlete so to speak um and so uh yeah so like i I can i can totally understand how you're Mm like man like it is you just feel so bad and like that's the thing right like i remember when i was a blue belt there was this guy uh shagun who was like one of the first people i ever saw get a black belt and so I just like I looked up to the stuff that he said, like, like it was you know like yeah. gospel. Like when you meet your first black totally. belt, you know. And um, he was he's like the total like archetypal like dad jujitsu guy. Um, and he would only nice. train at nights. And so I'm seeing him there at night one one night, and I'm training with somebody, and uh, and like somebody is like just two kids are going ham, and there's somebody sitting next to him was like a purple belt, and the purple belt is like kind of egging them on to like go harder you know because they're going crazy and uh shagoon kind of says like i I can't remember the exact words that he said but he's like if you hurt your training partners you have no more training partners you know like the reason why we're all here is because we don't hurt each other every time like you don't hurt your teammates like and if a situation is like getting to a point where guys are are out of control then like you, that's like that's the reason why jujitsu works. works the reason why the yeah. whole thing exists is because you know you can be safe and if you're not if you're not able to i mean again this is kind of very similar to kind of what you were going through with with melena is like totally she feels safe and therefore there's an opportunity for a lesson and like that's the same thing with jujitsu. jitsu like the reason why we can go hard there the reason why we can learn there is because we feel safe there um Absolutely. super important yeah yeah
1: and look i mean that's a great point right like um i Came up through Paragon and um, spent a lot of time with Frangia. For those of you who know him, and one of his biggest lessons was: if you break your toys, you have nothing left to play with, right? Yeah, dude. And this great words of wisdom, right? Like you train hard, but you don't injure anyone, right? And so um, those those I think I heard that when I was a blue belt, and it stuck with me to this day. And it's something I share with my students, my training partners, and now it's a lesson I need to remind myself, right? Don't break your toys. This person is one of my favorite training partners, and um, I don't want to lose him as a training partner, right? So I, yeah. you just got to be careful, right?
0: And that also, like, <clears throat> man, I'm I'm stealing that. I'm using that with Owen, man. Yeah. That's that's a good one. It's a um, good lesson. Yeah, I mean, and the, the other on the other end is, like, when I know I'm a little banged up and I roll with somebody, uh, I got to let them know right? Because I don't want to get more banged up, A, and B, like, I don't want them to have that awful feeling when something goes, goes wrong, that they're like, oh, man, And it's like, yeah, well, you know, like, I have had this shoulder separated, like, five times. And like, this is just kind of part of the, there are a lot of miles on this rig. Um, yeah. And it because, and you know, then it kind of sets everybody up for success. And it, it does, it does suck. But you know, I think jujitsu getting injured is kind of, you know, it's part of the reality of our sport. And it's also, getting injured is part of the reality of being human, which I think is something that people don't see as often. And so I think if you're just transparent about it and you you talk to people up front, I mean, there are obviously situations like the one that you just talked about that are like kind of out of control. But yeah, man. Um,
1: I'll share one more more anecdote. Um, This morning I was doing a private with a student and I was showing him some um, escapes from side control. And I noticed that when I was demonstrating the move on him, he was super tight, just really tight. And I was like, hey, man, just, just loosen up. And he he mentally couldn't because both his shoulders had been separated before. Uh-huh. Not for me. I, th- I didn't do this one. Um, but both his shoulders had been separated previously. And he's just very hesitant. So, you know, as upper belts for us, it's also our responsibility to make sure the lower belts know like, hey, if you're coming to me to ask me for advice and tips and you want a private lesson, whatever, that's great. Also know you're in a safe place right now, right? You're safe. You can let your body relax a little bit. And in fact, it'll be easier for you to learn once you kind of let go, right? And so when you let go, you're more your body's a little more malleable, right? And so it's easier for me to kind of walk you through these things. And so again, building that trust with your students, building that trust with the lower belts, um, building that trust with your training partners, right? It's all super important. And, and it's to your point, right? Going back to that lesson with Milena, it's about that building that trust.
0: yeah. All right, not to get down this rabbit hole, but you did uh, create a nice opportunity there to talk about like, so when I was, uh, I think I was a blue belt, I was watching my old professor, Homolo Mello, and he was training with, uh, I think, a purple belt. And that purple belt was going so hard. And at one point, Homolo just stopped him and was like, uh, if you know him, you'll know this is funny, but he's like, look, man, I'm going to win. I'm going to beat your ass no matter like, <laughs> I the, love that. like like the thing is like doesn't matter how hard you go how much energy you use like may, maybe you catch me once maybe you sweep me once but I'm gonna fucking get you man like I'm yeah. a badass and he is a badass yeah. and he's like if you want to get something from this role like roll at a pace and a place where you're available to learn if you're trying to win I I'm gonna that. fucking win every time and and like again I like that. I've taken that approach. It was so, it was great. Sort of humiliating for the purple belt, Um, but it was a lesson. No, that's,
1: that's really great advice. I love that.
0: Yeah. And um, it reminds me a lot of, uh, I mean, we've talked about this before, but um, rolling with somebody who's smaller or less strong or less, uh, you know, whatever, physically inclined than you are. Um, You and I are both pretty fit guys, but we're both middleweights, right? So we roll with, people who are way bigger than us all the time but we also roll with people that are much smaller than us and um often people who are smaller than you are so much more technically sound because they have to be and yeah. so the opportunity there is like hey uh i could use all i could i could try and win right with all of this strength or there's an opportunity for a lesson here because technically you're probably probably more technically sound than I am. So why don't I come down to your level of strength and try and meet your level of technique? Um, but yeah, it okay. just seemed like we're talking about those levels and I think that's an important yeah. thing there. And it's like, I learn, I get so much more out of those roles. I, I look for those roles versus, you know, um, a situation where somebody's matched with me physically, but not technically.
1: I love that. I mean, that, that's such a great note, right? Like, So my wife, Van, is somewhere like 105, 110 pounds, tiny. And we used to train, to, we still train together. But when we were training together as blue belts, we would walk to the academy. And on the walk back, oftentimes it would get really quiet. And I, I would, hey, what's wrong? Are you okay? And she would really beat herself up. Like, I can't do anything right now. Like, I can't do anything with these guys. They're bigger and stronger than me. And that's the exact advice I gave her. Like, look, by the time you're a black belt, she's a brown belt now. By the time you're a black belt, your technique is going to fly because it has no choice but to fly. And now I watch her rolling with these bigger guys, and she's hanging with them. And it's so nice to see because she's meet, meeting them technique by technique, right? Like she's matching them, and she knows how to react. She knows what to do. She knows how to keep herself safe against bigger, stronger guys. And it's it's so wonderful to see. And so if you're listening to this, and you're small, and you're struggling, you are a blue belt, purple belt, even you're a brown belt, whatever – lean into your technique lean into your technique double down on it learn that great learn how to protect yourself learn the frames because later down the line they will come in handy against big guys
0: yeah and if you're listening to this and you're a big guy and yeah. you're smashing little guys and gals understand that you're wasting opportunities mm-hmm. to make your jiu-jitsu really good like it's it's you don't waste 100%. the role like you know like even if it's a, even if it's a restaurant, you know, because the person's small, like if you're, if you're just using your, your strengths against their weaknesses, like you're missing the opportunity to, to, to use that role and you're, you're wasting it, you know, both your time and their time.
1: I love that. Yeah. And you know, one, one of the things I look for when I'm promoting someone and I'm saying someone's right for black belt, and that's the big one, right? Black belt is so much more than understanding and memorizing technique, right? black belt is, do I trust you to roll with my wife? Do I trust you to roll with my daughters? Right? Do I trust you to roll? Can you hang, can you hang with someone that's 50 pounds bigger than you? And can you have a very similar role to someone who's 75 pounds smaller than you? right? I want to see what that role looks like just as much as I want to see you roll against someone who's bigger and stronger and tougher than you, because you should be able to move smooth and still implement your game and still match them without hurting them. And so that all that stuff is important to me when I'm thinking about is someone else ready for a black belt.
0: Yeah, man, like, super true. And then again, like to bring this back to parenting, like, uh, we are the boss in the house, right? And so we are that 220 pound you know, four stripe black belt right now in our house. And our kids are, you know, 105 pound white belts, (laughs) even worse than that. And I mean that in terms of power structure. I mean that in terms Mm -hmm. of skill level, I mean that in terms of comfort in the world and all of that stuff. And so as parents, like, where, where's the opportunity for you to learn, you know, where's the opportunity for you to take your your strength. And I don't mean like physical strength. I just mean like, you know, that reactive, uh, sort of, you know, angry, uh, hammer, right. So easy
1: to drop the hammer.
0: And it's like, again, is it like, is that role going to be worth it to that 105 pound white belt? And it's probably not. And so it's like, okay, cool. Like how do we put ourselves within reason? Like understanding, Hey, I've got, I have the muscle. I know that I can do it, but that's not what's appropriate for this situation. I feel like that's very applicable to to training, to, to, sorry, to raising little kids.
1: Man, Blake, you are an amazing storyteller. I love that analogy and pulling it together with fatherhood. I love it. That's exactly it. You hit the nail on the head. And, and man, that's a great analogy.
0: Yeah, man. Thank you. Uh, I mean, you, you, you gave me the softball for that one, buddy. I appreciate you. <laughs> Um, cool. I was just going to mention, uh, and whatever I, I wanted to name drop. So, uh, we had, um, Rafael Lovato, excuse me, Rafael Lovato Jr. at the gym, uh, this week to teach a seminar and, um, uh, I got a chance to, uh, to get around in with him. Unfortunately, Uday, sorry, I feel like I'm like rubbing this in your face every time we talk, but, uh, you had, you good. had like proper adult obligations and I was being at, like a no, no, no. daytime degenerate training like <laughs> <right>, two hours <laughs> in the middle of the day. You, you off did meetings. the right
1: thing. I should have moved my meetings.
0: <laughs> um, and so I got, I got around in with him and, uh, I just, I just thought it was so refreshing. I mean, we look, we train at a gym that's really big and there are really good people at our gym. Um, and that was one of the things that I when I first started training there, I was like, wow, man, waters are deep. And it was really good. My jiu-jitsu got a lot a lot uh better. And that that isn't because my old school isn't great. It's just I got a lot more looks at this at this gym. And training with a guy of his level, it's just like, man, the pool is so much deeper. And it's so like it's refreshing it felt like when i was a white belt or blue belt and maybe more like a blue belt training with my professor my old professor because i was like i know everything that you're doing to me like you're not doing anything that i haven't seen before or that i i that is beyond my comprehension you're just doing it so well that there's nothing i can do to like stop it and like even when you know the defense and you know like uh you know i'm putting my hand in the wrong spot right now (laughs) like but i can't help it because i'm tipping this way and i got a base out and it's just like wow you set the traps perfectly and it was just a great example of for me um kind of how refreshing it is to be humbled like i mean i get my butt kicked all the time but like to get my butt kicked that hard was so and and you know Raphael was not being a bully in any way he was like graceful and uh you know, I think I was his like sixth or seventh role in a row. Um, and so he was like super chill given all of those things. Yeah. But it was just like, man, like the level is deep. And it was really refreshing to get my, my butt kicked that hard.
1: Man, I, I am jealous of you. That that sounds like an awesome role. And look, you know, I another piece of advice I heard um, was the the longer you've been training and the better you get and the higher you start ranking up. The less challenges you'll have in training, right? And so, to a certain degree, the less training partners you'll have that you can you can really that will really push you. Thankfully, I've I've found a good group of people that really really do push me and um, and force me to get better. And that's why it's so great to have an opportunity to roll with a legend like him because it reminds you, right? It's easy as as we become like the top dogs at the gym. Yeah. It's easy to forget that. There are levels to this. Yeah. And he is at another level. Right. Yeah. And it's um it's it's so fun when when you find that. You know, as a black belt, when I find someone that can just put the screws to me yeah. and I I don't have an answer for anything, I look for that. I'm I'm I love it it's great. It's refreshing. And it gives me something new to work on. Right. And so, um, I'm, I'm glad you had that experience, man. That's awesome. Yeah.
0: Just to bring it back to one other parenting analogy. So like, yeah, my sister-in-law, uh, my, my wife's sister, uh, raised two kids kind of like she's a, a, a military wife. So, uh, her husband was, yeah. um, you know, in the air force, like working crazy hours. And so she was like hand to hand with the kids, like from the jump. And, uh, man some of her parenting skills are like deep black belt level parenting skills nice and like i i like i've i've known her for i've actually known her for about 20 years and um and i've i've just i didn't appreciate this side of her until yeah you know i had kids and i was able to see it and i was like you know i'm like again like i'm changing diapers and she is like doing baron bolos at like black belt finals you know (laughs) (laughs) like like, wow like just emotionally like her her uh her 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 emotional intelligence her vocabulary her ability to like change levels to come down to where her kids are and to like come up levels and think about like higher strategic stuff about like what projects are they doing and what things are they enrolled in and just like that and i was like oh my god like I, and it just, you know, it's the like secret society of parents. Like you're like, I had no idea all this shit was going on with these people. (laughs) How did she,
1: how did she learn this stuff? Like, where did she get it from?
0: Man, I, I, so her mom raised three daughters, um, kind of a a similar situation. Dad was, dad was working a ton. And, um, and I don't know, man, like that's kind of the thing that impresses me the most is she, uh, didn't have a ton of resources. Um, but I think she had a lot of love and really wanted to do a good job. And I think that that's really important sometimes. And so, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's awesome. Yeah.
1: You know, I, I I mean, I'm in awe of Van, my wife every day Yeah, because she seems to always have the answers where I'm kind (laughs) of like just fumbling around. Like, I think this is what I should say. Like, I think this is what I should do. She just always knows exactly what to do and say. So I, I am. I'm in awe of her and it sounds like you, you similar, right? Like, so man, if there's, a, if anybody out there has an answer on like, where I can learn some of this stuff, throw it in the comments, please help us yeah. out. Help me out. Uh,
0: and how did, how did Van learn it?
1: I think it's just, it comes natural to her. I, I think, you know, I mean, so her parents actually live with us and I see the way her mom is with the girls and I see the relationship that she has with her mom and I think it's just, it's just passed down. Right. Like yeah. just very intuitive for her. And um, I don't know. I, I, I think that's the answer, yeah. but um, I see the way that, that it just kind of flows generationally. Not that my mom was bad or anything like that. It's just, I think her mom just had something special for her and Van just kind of intuitively passed it along. Yeah. And I am hopeful that the girls will pick that up for their kids too.
0: Yeah. I feel, I feel very similarly with Becca and I, I yeah. really don't like yeah. to like be like, Oh, you know, like women have a natural blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Right. And I don't think that that's the yeah. case, but I think that you're like, you're right. I think like van was raised in a household and Becca similarly was raised in a household. I'm an only child. Yeah. Um, yeah. I wasn't around little kids at all. I'm going to, I have a, a sister who's 15 years younger than me, a half sister, but um, yeah. you know, it just wasn't something I was exposed to. And uh, yeah. dude, so cool when I, when you see it, especially when you see it in your partner, cause you're like, I know oh, like <clears throat> you had that I in know. you like this whole time Like that's so I cool. know it. I know it. yeah. Um, nice. Cool
1: man, you want to talk about snacks? Man, my, I think this is gonna be my favorite section. I think it's <laughs> gonna be my favorite topic. So <clears throat> so the the girls are all out of town right now. Van and the two kiddos are in Seattle and the snack I was gonna showcase was actually purchased for this trip for them. And I broke into it and ate half the bag. And so I went to go grab it and it's gone. And so I'm going to buy another bag of it for the next episode. But in the meantime, a close second place. If you guys can see this, I have a bag of Black Forest Juicy Burst fruit snacks. Now, the reason I love these guys, first of all, I love it for the kids. I love it for me. It's not an endorsement by any means. It's <laughs> not a sponsor of hey, the pod. Black Forest, yeah, Black Forest, if you want to sponsor the pod, you're welcome to. <laughs> These they have like, you know, if you're a kid of the nineties, you guys probably remember the um the what are those those gushers. gummy things with the ju- gushers. thank you. Yeah. gushers. It's just like that it has the juice in the middle. And one of the reasons that we start buying these is because it doesn't have red dye in it. And one of the things we're trying to do is limit red dye for the girls because it it just kind of what I read somewhere was it spikes like like um just short attention span in them and um, gets them very aggressive, gets kids very aggressive. And so it doesn't have any red dye, but it has a ton of other fucking chemicals. <laughs> so is it good for the kids? Probably not. Is it delicious? Yes. Does it have red dye? No. So it's delicious. If you try it, hit it, Hit us up, let us know. Black Forest, feel free to sponsor us. <laughs> hit me with what you got, Blake.
0: Um, yeah, man. Similarly, I was going to say, just like a parenting hack, Uh, is the the mini ice cream cones at Trader Joe's.
1: Oh, so good.
0: They're so good. And they're like the perfect portion size for little kids because it's just enough. Like it's just enough to get the like, it, it's a, it's, it's, and especially like Owen, he's three, so it's an activity, right? So, like, he starts to eat yeah. it, he starts to scoop it out. And the best part is he doesn't like to finish the cone. So, there's a snack for me, too. Um, nice. And if you're a parent, they're also great because it's, I think that I think they're like 60 to 90 calories, like, not that it's a big deal, but it's like, it's exactly. just enough to be like, all right, that's a, that's a treat, like, that's a good way to break up the day. And, right. uh, they're pretty affordable. And you get them, like I think they're like a box of 10. So yeah, dude, like highly recommend. And they're not super messy, which is great. And yeah, I, I'm Easy. a big fan. Like they, we go through them, you know, we go through probably a box a week in the house.
1: Nice. Yeah, man. Have you ever, have you ever heard of those? Maybe I should leave this for another week, but I'm going to say it today anyway. They have these things that they sell. That it's just the bottom of the cone, bottom of the cone. Oh. So it's just got the chocolate in it and the tip of the cone. And it comes like a little baggy and it's so good. If yeah. You haven't man. seen it. Yeah. I think I bought a bag at Aldi's. So check out your local Aldi's. <laughs> and um, Blake, next time I see you, I might I might pick up a bag for you. I think you'll like that it. That sounds
0: awesome, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Um cool, man. Uh I saw what you wanted to talk about in this next section. So uh pop a yes. little bit of pop culture moment. Um I have not finished Ted Lasso yet so okay. just no spoilers, no spoilers. Please, but go ahead and go ahead it. and break in
1: so I, I will tell you this too i hate when i turn on a podcast or watch a youtube video and they're talking about a movie or tv show that just came out yeah and they give you a spoiler in the in the in the video or in the um uh in the thumbnail and you're like what the heck guys and the title so I'm not going to do that if you haven't seen the finale of Ted Lasso. If you're not up to date, don't worry, no spoilers. But look, I love this show. Yeah. I love Ted Lasso. I think um I'll, candidly, I will say that I think the 3rd season this this season is probably the weakest of the 3. Okay. I also didn't realize watching it that it was going to be the last season. So I was like, "Oh cool, I can't wait to see you next season." And they're like, my wife was like, "No, dude, this is it." <laughs> And so um, I think it was, it was a little bit all over the place, right? Whereas the previous seasons had a little more structure. And, um, and the reason I love this show is that it's, it's just so overwhelmingly positive, right? And it's just like, feels like such a breath of fresh air. You know, like, look, things in society right now are a little hairy, right? Everyone, every time you turn on social media, every time you talk to someone, everyone seems to be disagreeing with something about everything, somebody with everything, right? It's it's straight, lots of disagreements going on right now, lots of, lots of battles going on right now. And it just feels like you're butting your head against a wall. With Ted Lasso, it's it's a nice little escape from that, right? Even in a, in a down season, even in the last season, you get a little escape from that, and it's just overwhelmingly positive. And it's just like I said, feels like a breath of fresh air today, right? Yeah. So if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. And, you know, one, one show, now that that's over... One Two shows that I'm really, really looking forward to diving into that I've heard amazing things about are Succession and Severance. And so I haven't seen either of these. So, Blake, if you've seen them, same thing. No spoilers, dude. Yeah. And if you guys have anything to say in the comments about either of those shows, please, please, no spoilers. Um, but let me know your thoughts if you have seen it, if you haven't, if you plan on seeing it. Um, love to hear your thoughts. Again, no spoilers.
0: Yeah. Uh, uh i'm a succession fan for sure incredible show yeah um i am a huge ted lasso fan uh, i was a reluctant ted lasso fan so um yeah. you know i i'm not a big fan of everything that everybody likes i usually like to try and have like a nuanced cool opinion about shit to look, make myself look smart and like like ted lasso just took me out dude it is yeah. just I know. so there's not a part i mean this is this is weird but like uh i don't mean to drop this on you but like uh recently i just had like my 1 year anniversary of not uh, having alcohol and it's i it's saw solid. that congratulations thanks man yeah and it's not a, i'm not um, i'm not a person who's like aiming to be sober or who has a problem with alcohol i just got some momentum behind me and the analogy i make is like i used to have like a nightcap like almost every night and i have yet to wake up a single morning and regret not having a nightcap yeah and i feel similarly like i have never watched there's nothing that happens in an episode of Ted Lasso that makes me feel yucky. I have never regretted watching an episode of Ted Lasso. Like I, you know, in terms of like the, the trash sort of other stuff that I can absorb, like I have, I have regretted spending my time watching some (laughs) stuff. And it's just like, that I totally Totally. loved. And I was just like, ah, and like it is not improving my life at all. Like there's never been an episode of Ted Lasso that I've watched. and been like, Nah, I could have done something else, you know, it's like, that was, totally. that was the best use of my time. <laughs>
1: yeah. Look, and, and I'll tell you this too. There are times I take away lessons from that show that I use in my own kind of athletic, One hundred right? Like the, the, he gave advice to his team once is like, be a goldfish, have a short term memory. And I love that advice, especially for what we do. Right. In grappling, like, you know, look, if you compete in a tournament that's to uh, double elimination, and you lose your first match you really got to have a short-term memory forget that loss and move quickly into the next one right yeah. and find a way to figure out figure out that win if you're in a match and you give up two points let's say you get taken down or someone passes your guard you're down two or three points maybe five points you got to have a short-term memory figure out a way to get you get back on top right get back get look for the submission right and so the little nuggets like that they just like stick with me right and and in life too, right? Like we all fuck up every now and then, right? You learn from it and you have a short-term memory. You move past it, right? So,
0: yeah. man, I,
1: little nuggets like that, love it.
0: I'm going to sneak in real quick uh, and say yeah. in many ways, like Uday is the Ted Lasso of our gym. and <laughs> um, But, uh, you know, I think I'm always impressed by your ability to be really positive. Um, Thanks, man. You're like you've – like you're all – like it's – Uh, And it's not exhausting. It's not insincere. You're just really able to have a positive spin. Like, do you have any techniques or like tactics for like how to have that mindset?
1: You know, you just got to realize that. I mean, what I do is I just remember that things work out, right? Things work out and everything, it will be okay, right? Like things will be okay. And in some cases, it's easier than others. And, you know, it's a lot of positive self-talk. It's so easy to beat up on yourself. It's yeah. so easy, you know. And um, it, it's harder to have that positive self talk, and it takes practice. And in those instances where you want to just naturally beat yourself up, fuck, I just got tapped by a blue belt. Fuck, I just lost my job. Yeah. Fuck, this happened, right? It's so easy to beat yourself up, but look, it these things happen. This is life, right? Life, if life was perfect, it'd be boring, right? And so it's 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 really you got to take the time to have that positive self talk and have that grace for yourself. When we talked about it earlier, right? Like, man, I'm letting you kid watch so much videos. Like, ah, you know what? Have that grace for yourself. Be kind to yourself. These things happen. You just gotta find find the silver lining in those situations, right? So, um, look, I, 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 at the risk of sounding cheesy, it, it, it's it's give yourself that grace in yeah. all situations.
0: Yeah. Thanks, man. I, and and like, thank you for saying that, by the way. I,
1: I, I, you know, I find myself beating myself up every now and then. No one's perfect, right? Like, I yeah. even find myself kind of like, you dummy. How could you let that happen, right? But, like, you have to give yourself that grace. And sometimes it's surrounding yourself with the positive people around you that help lift you up. You yeah. do that for me as well, right? Like, you, you and some of the other folks I surround myself with, my wife, of course, my kids lift me up. And surrounding yourself with people who – make you feel good about things. Right. And so um surrounding yourself with the right people. is So important.
0: That's great advice, man. I think that's like, that's, yeah, that's like important in, in all aspects, right? Like yeah. if I sit there and think about, yeah, if you dwell to it, like, it's perfect like, again, not to bring up jujitsu, but like, and it's the yeah. same thing in life, right? Like if you're spending, totally. if you're spending your, if you get, let's say you get tapped by a lower belt, and you immediately go into your next round and if you're spending that round thinking about how you got tapped by that lower belt you're about to get tapped again (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. instead of focusing on what's what's right in front of you and the task at hand like you know that fight's behind you like there's nothing you can do about it yeah
1: that's right
0: um thanks dude yeah uh my my pop pop culture moment is uh much worse uh i just finished (laughs) the latest season of selling sunset Um, (laughs) yeah so so just so you know like you know we're like four months in and becca and i just just recently started having time like we're exhausted right two kids under three um i guess two kids three and under and uh uh we've just been like at 9 30 becca um she's you know she she pumps and then she goes to bed it's like You know, it's going to be a rough night. Actually, I shouldn't say that. My little sleep's amazing. But, you know, it's just like we're tired. And totally. just recently, we've been having the discipline to be like, no, we're going to take an hour to ourselves to just do something, you know, after the kids go to bed. So healthy.
1: It's good for you guys. I mean... It's the bare minimum, bro. <laughs> like, <laughs> dude, but you got to. It's so important. And, and the bare minimum is okay. You guys got a lot yeah. on your plate right now. Having yeah. a newborn is a lot. Like I said, give yourself grace, right? Like yeah. having a newborns a lot. And that one hour you spend with each other, that's you time. And that's so important to maintain such a strong relationship that you guys have.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's like, that's clutch, right? Like Becca yeah. and I, dude, the other night, like I came out and like, like I said, I'm not drinking. She's, she's not drinking really right now. And um, yeah uh i came out and she like had um the nugget we have like a nugget do you know what those are they're like kids like no, a... plush toys it's like a big um it's like a little couch for kids uh, but it like folds oh, and nice. unfolds and stuff yeah they're awesome during okay. the pandemic they were like totally sold out because everybody's like we need to make oh. our house like a freaking you know a, a jungle gym <laughs> for our kids yeah. uh that's when we got ours And anyway, walls yeah so she had like set up the nugget and like candles and like two two um Two cans of sparkling water and like was like, love we're it. gonna sit down and watch something tonight. And we're not gonna look at our phones and we're gonna watch a whole thing. <laughs> it I was love like that. I if love that's it. an episode of selling sunset, if that's like a romantic movie, whatever it is, it's like, okay, cool. Like we've designated some time to just do this for ourselves. And like, like you said, now you gotta do it um
1: where where can we find selling sunset is oh that on sorry netflix?
0: netflix um it's a if you haven't watched it it's a reality show about uh, the oppenheimer group which is like a very 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 high-end real estate agency um that is on their offices on sunset strip and i actually used to work at a chinese food restaurant right across the office on sunset nice. strip um but yeah it is just absolute trash and like i i you know i could give you a very (laughs) deep like read about like oh the importance of reality television the the mirror (laughs) shining back at us as a society like we go into like Michel foucault and like you know all these things i learned in in berkeley and and the reason why nobody takes the liberal arts seriously um (laughs) but i could just tell you like hey it's it's a fun watch
1: i I'm sold. I gotta watch it. I, I think I think me and Van just found a new show.
0: And uh, you absolutely don't have to start at the beginning. Just so you know, you can hop okay, in at any point them. and leave at any point, and it's all the same.
1: Is this is this show going to make me feel bad about not having a bigger house? Is it going to make me feel like? Uh, so it's it's actually it a bunch of rich people. It's so yeah, funny, that.
0: dude, because you start watching, and we're talking twenty-two million-dollar homes, dude. And oh my god, it's so funny because you start watching it, and you're like, wow. And like about five minutes in you're like 22 million this house is totally overpriced like i would knock out that wall and i would definitely do and yeah. you're like bro <laughs> like, yeah i have yeah. a rental in burbank like come on <laughs> oh. love it yeah love dude it. um nice man yeah uh dude let's uh just wrap up with some some closing thoughts yeah. for the week um yeah man uh what do you uh what do you feel like our theme is this week
1: you know it really feels like we're talking a lot about being reactive, right? And, you know, look, being reactive is, is alluring and it's seductive. It's easy, right? And um, and it's a little harder to take a breath and think about and pause and think about the situation critically and, and how to react, right? And so I go back to that same example with Milena, right? And so when she was mean to that kid, you know my knee jerk reaction if i had done my knee jerk reaction it would have been like okay immediately as soon as she gets home i'm going to talk to her about this i'm not happy with her and i'm going to punish her and this is what's going to happen and blah 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 and that's how i was raised and ultimately that doesn't solve anything right that that's she's 7 she's at a very impressionable age that's not going to solve anything in fact the only thing that that's going to solve is for her is i'm not going to come clean to my dad about things that are going on and right now it's a minor issue Later online as it becomes bigger issues, I want her to have that trust with me to be able to talk, right? And so, it's so, like I said, it's so seductive to fall into that. Oh, I'm just gonna react right now, like and blah blah blah, get so angry, right? But for me at least, I really have to temper that that knee jerk reaction, and that's so important in all aspects of life, right? And and especially when we're raising kids. And so, um, I think the theme and the lesson for me here is is to just take a breath, take a beat think critically about how i want to deal with the situation instead of reacting knee yeah. jerk what about you what do you think
0: yeah i think I, I i like that as a theme uh for kind of everything that we talked about because yeah. um like like going back to something you said about like how you're able to sort of stay positive is that like things always work out right um yeah you you as of today you have survived 100% of the worst days in your life uh, That's Right. And, and, uh, I like that and how you reacted to them had little impact on what happened the next day in terms of like, like the, the grand scheme, other than making you feel really yeah. terrible in the moment or making you feel kind of okay in the moment. And, uh, with, with the kids, um, I think this is kind of what I mentioned before is it's like, Hey, the results going to be the same. The mess is going to get cleaned yeah. up or, you know, the, for, for most things, most things, the result is going to be the same. And it's my reaction that dictates the kind yes. of the lesson that's learned or the severity of the situation. And so from a, a, a moment of like, yeah, like just like, and it's hard in the moment, you know, but I think that that's the, for me, that's the challenge this week. And that's the thing that I want to like take forward is like, how do I be, more strategic, less reactive, more thoughtful about the way these things happen? And like, what are the kind of techniques that I can learn and, and apply to help me think that way? Because it's, dude, like, sorry, go ahead.
1: No, no, no. Uh, I was just going to say is I, I love that you said being thoughtful about it, right? Because that that's what it is, right? You know, using previous example as well, n- me hurting someone in jujitsu, it could have been very easy for me to be like, not my fault. Sorry, it happened, dude. See you next round, right? Yeah. But sitting back and thinking critically and being thoughtful about it. And hey man, I hurt another person unintentionally. And even though it was an accident, it is still my responsibility.
0: Yeah. Right.
1: I can't I can't have that knee-jerk reaction of like, nope, not my fault. Um, we'll move on and that's that. No, if because that having that mentality, it could happen again, right? Yeah. it could happen again, and then there goes that trust, right? So having that thoughtful process okay where how do I approach this right it's still my responsibility how do I approach this so this doesn't happen again with him or anybody else right and so being really thought I love that you said that being thoughtful about the, about the process so I didn't mean to cut you off go ahead no man.
0: you're good man uh I think yeah like I, I I love that too man just because it's not your intention doesn't mean it's not your responsibility yeah. um and yeah man dude I think that's that's a solid place to to wrap things up yeah. Thank you for listening to the first episode of the Grappling with Fatherhood podcast. If you've made it this far, please subscribe, rate, review. It is a huge help. Um, If you have questions for us or just want to reach out, shoot us an email at grapplingwithfatherhoodpod at gmail.com. Also, you can find Uday on Instagram at Udjitsu, that's U-D-J-I-T-S-U, or uh, Gorilla Den BJJ and you can find me at blake of today on all platforms until next time we'll see you on the mats